This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Friday, March 26, 2021. On this day in 1997, an anonymous tip led San Diego police to a gruesome discovery. 39 dead bodies wearing matching clothing in an unsuspected suburban mansion. They had taken part in a mass suicide driven by the leaders of the notorious Heaven's Gate cult. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from ParCast. Due to the graphic nature of this cult's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today, we're covering the discovery of a mass suicide performed by members of Heaven's Gate. Let's go back to Southern California on the afternoon of March 26, 1997. It was another pleasant day in sunny San Diego. Sheriff's Deputy Robert Bronk had just returned to his desk from lunch when he received a strange phone call. An anonymous source was reporting a mass suicide in the upscale suburb of Rancho Santa Fe. Robert was skeptical, but took down the address and made his way to the home. By the time he arrived, Robert was sure the call had been a prank. Such horrifying events just didn't happen in this area, but there had been a gathering of some kind. The long, sweeping driveway was full of cars. There was no answer at the front door, so Robert walked the perimeter of the house until he reached a side entrance. It was unlocked. This time, he went inside. He could tell right away that something wasn't right. He only had to pass through the foyer before he saw a set of bunk beds with two shrouded bodies occupying them. A quick look around revealed that the home was full of corpses. Robert did a preliminary walkthrough of the whole house before calling for backup. The grisly sight confirmed exactly what the anonymous caller had told him. This was a mass suicide. Once his partner arrived on the scene, the two officers went back into the house to count the bodies and to verify there were no survivors. There were cots in every room, each one bearing a body covered in a purple shroud. Pulling back the gauzy fabric, another surprise awaited the officers. The bodies were all clothed in matching black Nike jumpsuits and black Nike sneakers. The arm of each tracksuit bore a triangular purple patch reading, Heaven's Gate Away Team. Further befuddling the officers was the money in every jumpsuit's pocket, $5.75 exactly. 
In the living room, a computer with a flashing screen was prominently displayed. The screen was flashing a red alert in a Star Trek-style font. Upon inspection, Robert saw that the alert was on the homepage of a website for Heaven's Gate, a New Age UFO group. The flashing lights indicated that some sort of countdown was complete. But these clues only left more questions in their wake. Robert Brunk and his partner counted 39 bodies in total, 21 women and 18 men, all in varying states of rigor mortis. The coroner's preliminary examination indicated that Heaven's Gate members had taken drugs and alcohol before suffocating each other. The assisted suicide was done in shifts, using plastic bags for asphyxiation. Within the hour, hundreds of reporters descended on the house, desperate to know what had occurred in the unsuspecting suburb. Was it a mass murder? Was the killer still at large? Former public information officer Don Crist quelled their questions by showing video footage of Robert's walkthrough. Silence fell over the crowd. The citizens of San Diego were relieved to know there wasn't a killer in their midst, but the bone-chilling discovery left many unanswered questions. Exactly what was the Heaven's Gate away team? And what had they been counting down to? Coming up, the bizarre impetus behind the mass suicide is exposed. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa from Parcast. When you think of a criminal, do you picture a killer, a gangster, a thief? I bet you didn't think it could be the little old lady down the street who murdered her tenants. Every Wednesday on my series, Female Criminals, meet the unlikeliest of felons, mothers, neighbors, and unsuspecting lovers with a penchant for dangerous behavior. Discover the psychology and motives behind their disturbing crimes and find out where their story stands today. But that's not all. Airing right now on Female Criminals is our special five-part look at the world's most infamous femme fatales, women who were deceptive and deadly, but not always the villain. Catch these episodes and more by following the Spotify original from Parcast, Female Criminals. New episodes premiere weekly. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. On March 26, 1997, Sheriff's Deputy Robert Bronk answered an anonymous telephone call, leading him to the discovery of a mass suicide in an affluent suburb of San Diego. 39 bodies in total were found on the scene, each wearing a matching tracksuit, shoes, and armband, announcing their allegiance to something called Heaven's Gate. Upon further investigation, Heaven's Gate was revealed to be a cult led by Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Lou Nettles. 
Applewhite had been an Army veteran and music teacher before he suffered a psychotic break in 1970. While hospitalized, he befriended Bonnie Lou Nettles, then his nurse. The two grew close and became obsessed with mysticism. Eventually, they concluded that they were divine messengers sent to guide others along a spiritual journey. They were certain that extraterrestrials held the key to the afterlife and sought a way to reach them. Between 1973 and 1975, Applewhite and Nettles traveled the U.S. together, preaching their beliefs. They gained only one follower in total, but remained optimistic. During their travels, Applewhite was jailed for failure to return a rental car and in 1975 spent six months behind bars. His imprisonment only furthered his fanatical views. Once Applewhite was released, he and Nettles devoted themselves entirely to Heaven's Gate, the New Age religion they developed together. Nettles took on the name of T and Applewhite, Doe. Together, T. Doe traveled between California and Oregon, spreading the news that Earth would soon be visited by a race of extraterrestrials who would summon T. Doe's followers to their advanced physical realm. Once summoned, the aliens would provide the Heaven's Gate followers with new bodies, which would allow them to live in the space heaven that was waiting for them. By 1976, the cult successfully separated 20 Heaven's Gate members from their families and moved the headquarters from Oregon to eastern Colorado. When Nettles died in 1985 and did not transcend to an alien realm, Applewhite's worldview was rattled, but he refused to retire his fanatical beliefs. After a period of mourning, Applewhite began recruiting again in the early 1990s. He was inspired by the news that the comet Hale-Bopp would soon pass by Earth, an occurrence which happened once every 4,000 years. Applewhite was certain that this was the moment he and his deceased partner had been waiting for. He believed that the alien vessel coming for Heaven's Gate was flying behind the comet. But to be sure their souls could reach the passing ship, they would have to liberate themselves from their human bodies or containers. Brainwashed by Applewhite's promises and awestruck by their alignment with the approaching comet, the Heaven's Gate followers made preparations for the cosmic event. In October of 1996, Applewhite rented a large house in San Diego. In the time leading up to the passing of Hale-Bopp, he continued to preach his increasingly alarming beliefs to his followers. And in late March of 1997, Marshall Applewhite and 38 of his devout followers took turns ingesting a deadly concoction of phenobarbital and vodka before asphyxiating each other. The shifts allowed them to shroud the dead and ensure everyone was in place, ready for their ascension to Hale-Bopp. Marshall was 66 at the time of his death, and the ages of his victims ranged in age from 26 to 72 years old. Today, there are four remaining Heaven's Gate members, instructed by Applewhite to tend to the cult's website and preserve the legacy of their doctrine. Luckily, Hale-Bopp won't return to our skies for many thousands of years. 
Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this one, check out the Spotify original from Parcast, Cults. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Katie Burris, with writing assistance by Alex Benedon, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 